Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. Um, so on this week's show, I'm kind of picking up on something that is very close to my heart, and that is the modernization of the way that we look at cybersecurity and data security. Um, and to help me to have that discussion this week, I'm joined by a guest that um, I first met actually when we joint presented um, at his company's event, um, you know, which was uh, something I, I really enjoyed doing. I think we had a great discussion. You know, we, um, we, we covered some, some interesting topics. And I wanted to kind of explore some of them today uh, for, for you, for the, the podcast uh, listeners and viewers. So, um, so joining me today I'm, uh, is Candid Voost. Hi, Candid. How are you doing? Hey, Paul. I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, nice to see you again. Um, you, you've had me um, at your event, so I thought I'd get you on my show. That seemed like a, a fair swap. So, um, so, but uh, look, before we start, as I as I always do, um, why, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Of course, yeah. So I'm the classical geek nerd. Started computer science in Switzerland at ETH, uh, then worked for IBM. After that, moved to Symantec, where I worked for about seventeen years, building up the global security and response lab. So basically looking at all those viruses, malware, phishing, email, anything, and being allowed to double click it. So that's the fun part. I was actually able, well, and allowed to, of course, to click on those things and analyze what they are doing. Um, I helped build up the lab in Dublin, in Ireland, for Semantic at the time. And about two years ago, I joined Acronis with their new mission. And again, of course, security plays a part role there because, well, we all know, there's so much things going on in the internet and you have to be secured. You have to be protected. So I think the first thing that uh, everybody should take away from this uh, show is that in your role, you was okay to click all of those things. Um, for anybody listening, that's not okay to click all of those things. So um, so, so give clicking those things a miss. Um, that's probably a, probably a good start. Um, and uh, well, uh, uh, before we kind of... Um, well, maybe as part of, of jumping into the topic, you know, and, and I think um, you know, your, your background's interesting. And, um, you know, said so we, we kind of were, were fortunate to, to get the opportunity to, to present together at um, one of your, uh, one of Acronis's events. Um, that I kind of want to dig, dip into, uh, into this idea of, and it's actually something that, um, if, obviously, if you're listening to this, you won't be able to, to, to see this. Um, but if you're watching the, the YouTube version of the show, um, behind Candid's head is uh, kind of some Acronis banners uh, with hashtag CyberFit on there. Um, and I thought maybe that alongside this idea of, um, I, I talked in the introduction actually about this idea of bringing together the way that we looked at all these elements of security and, and, and looking more holistically at security. And this kind of led me to thinking about this phrase, I, I hear Acronis talk about a lot of cyber protection. Um, so do, do you want to kind of set a little bit of context around what cyber fit means and, and what we mean when we talk about cyber protection? Absolutely. I mean, cyber fit is basically our idea of you have to know what's going on, right? It's like training going to the gym, doing the exercises, you have to stay healthy. And not just in kind of the physical, biological world, but you also have to stay healthy in your digital persona. So making sure that your passwords are secure, your systems are updated, and your data is backupped, right? And this is what we call CyberFit. So that's the learning part, that's the training, and of course also using the right tools to stay fit. And you mentioned cyber protection. This is definitely dear to my heart. I mean, as VP of cyber protection uh, at Acronis, we look into kind of what are the things that we need for the future. And we all know, or probably hopefully you know, that Acronis has a strong history in the data protection part, right? Doing backup, disaster recovery, 
making sure that you're not losing any data. And this is still important, but it's not good enough. Backup alone will not protect you against all the cyber threats that we face nowadays. And of course, you could ask, well, my previous job at Symantec that was kind of focusing on the antivirus, anti-malware part, which is important and good as well, but that alone, again, will not protect you against all the threats out there. So about four years ago, Acronis decided that we need to have a holistic approach. And this holistic approach is to combine data protection and cybersecurity to form cyber protection. And the third part of it is, of course, also manageability. Because you need to have, a, let's say, inventory of all your devices. If you don't even know that you have a laptop, or nowadays probably a smart fridge, a smart TV, or something which has actually a computing power, if you don't know about it, how can you protect it, right? How can you update it? Do you even know that there is data on it? And probably the answer is no. So having vulnerability assessment or patch management, all of those things together. And yes, of course, you could just use point solutions for all of those. But the beauty is in combining those and actually use the kind of holistic approach with all the synergies that you can have between those solutions. And we can talk about those in a second. But I think that's the, the part where we go into, right? Because at the end, the customers, they don't really want to know, do I need the backup now or is it more the anti-malware part? They just want to be protected. And that's exactly what Acronis philosophy and also the term of um, cyber protection actually means. Having a holistic approach on all the variant um, and all the different avenues that cyber attacks might strike you and protecting you without you having a complex setup to look after. I think um, I think we've kind of outlined really, really well there um, is the complexity of the issue, you know, and I, and I think that's, you know, and I, and I opened this talking about the, the reason I wanted to do this show and, and, and to have you on was because one of the things that I, I see increasingly kind of day to day is this idea of, you know, of, of the complexity and size of the problem, you know, and the the challenge that we face, you know, and it's not the idea that we think of, and you kind of just you know, rounded up there talking about this idea of those kind of siloed approaches where we might have, um, you know, where we might have backup, um, we might have antivirus, we might have some firewalls, you know, whatever, you know, we'll have a bunch of kind of things in there, you know, and you talked about manageability, which I think is massively important in this space. Now, I think often, um, in fact, I, I mean, I've just spent an afternoon this afternoon talking with a um, uh, with a vendor who operates in that space of trying to make sense out of all of the information that you gather from all of your multiple security tools. Uh, you know, and, and I think it also dovetails quite nicely into something that I find myself talking about a lot with people is the idea of almost changing the way that we view security, you know, and, and I think mm -hmm. it, it, it's something that you kind of alluded to there, this idea that, you know, the, the way we look after data is not, oh, somebody, somebody's responsible for backing it up, and somebody's responsible for securing it, and somebody's responsible for making sure it hasn't got a virus. You know, I think we it, it's almost not thinking from the bottom up of this idea of uh, we should have individual point solutions. I think it was the phrase used before, individual point solutions that do these little bits. But actually, more broadly, we need to kind of, for me, flip this on its head and look at this as, well, let's look at this from the information's point of view, the data's point of view. We need to build a strategy that is focused around that data. So make sure um, that we, we have it protected and secured 
and all of the elements that make that up. Um, you know, is, is that is, is that kind of a change of view that you're also seeing that it's it's in you know that we 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 need a bit of a shift in the way that we look at security. Absolutely. I mean, for a chronic site, we talk about SAPAS. It's like tapas, but with an S at the beginning. And the idea is it stands for safety, availability, privacy, authenticity, and security. So those are five aspects around data, right? You want to make it sure that it is safe, that you have a backup, you can always access it if you need it. You have the availability. If you need to access it, you should be able to, right? It's no good to wait a month to access your data if you need it right now. Privacy, it's very often overlooked, but it is becoming more and more important, that's for sure. Authenticity as well. You don't really want to know or you don't really want to have that someone is tampering with your backups or with your financial records or anything, right? How can you prove that it's just as you left it before? And then, of course, the classical security. So combining all those together and... I definitely see it as a kind of a reduction of complexity. You, you mentioned it kind of the complexity of the infrastructures that people deal with is increasing year over year. I mean, during the pandemic, for sure, with working from home and more cloud services and so on. So we did a survey at the beginning of 2021 and asked the companies, how many security solutions are you using in parallel? And more than 21% responded with, we use more than 10 solutions. So more than 10 security solutions in parallel. I mean, just imagine the chances of someone making a mistake because they didn't really understand the terminology. Maybe both solutions have different kind of ideas of what an event or an alert is, exclusions. So there's just doom to be happened. So, I mean, reducing that complexity by bringing everything together and then even increasing the protection level overall by using the, the synergies that you have, like, for example, scanning your backups in the cloud for viruses so that if you need to restore them, you know they're clean. Or before, before you run out and kind of roll out some patches, make sure that you automatically create the backup because maybe there is an issue and then you want to roll back and not to the backup from last month, but actually to the backup five minutes ago. So integrating that and automating it, because I think as a last point, we all know nobody has enough resources, enough time and knowledge to cover all of those bases. So whatever you can automate will help them for sure. Well, I think, I mean, there's, there's loads of great stuff that you've just said in there, you know, and I thought one of the things that was really interesting was that survey that you did, you know, the idea that what one fifth of the companies that you spoke to were using 10 or more products, you know, I mean, not, not only is that, cost inefficient so you know for for a business renewing all those subscriptions that's going to cost you a small fortune it managerially it's a huge headache you know that's 10 i guess 10 multiple you know 10 different uh, management guis management interfaces 10 different sets of policies and protections that the, the opportunity that you would find gaps in that where actually you think you're protecting things and you're not must must just be massive you know must be a ma massive chance of that happening you know, so so simplifying all that is, I think, is hugely important. And I thought one of the other things you talked about, and this is again something that I've, I've kind of explored for a long time with with many of the companies that I've spoken to, is this idea of automation. Uh, you know, and, and it's interesting you started kind of started out with with this a few minutes back, talking about the importance of data protection, because one of the things that we've seen, of course, is in much of the regulation that's now driving the way that we 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 need to look after data. 
a big part of that regulation is the ability to recover that data in the event of it being lost, however it's lost, whether somebody's deleted it, it's leaked, it's been encrypted by maybe a ransomware attack. You know, the, the, lots of those kind of things are driving the need to make sure that we can protect our data in terms of recovering it in the event of, of some kind of incident, because I think we can have many of these kind of, um, you know, we can have many protections in place, but we still need a plan that says, yeah, but what would it goes wrong? What if everything else fails? Can can we still get it back? You know, and, and I mean, I mentioned regulation as an example of one of the things that I've seen enforce a shift in the way that we we look at security that's made some of the old tools and techniques that we have be less effective, may, maybe not effective at all in the modern world. You know, what what uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing that have that have driven Acronis and and some of your peer group to to think about this kind of broader cyber protection approach? What what are some of those drivers you're seeing? I think some of the drivers are definitely the more and more evolving and kind of getting more sophisticated on the threat landscape, right? So the attackers, they're definitely getting smarter. They're still using similar techniques, phishing emails, ransomware, some backdoors, allowing them access, um, exploiting some vulnerabilities that have not been patched. I mean, that's not really new, but they automate it in their ways as well. So they're getting better in getting faster in increasing the numbers, the frequency. I mean, AV tests, which is an independent uh, antivirus testing institute in Germany, they see more than half a million new malware samples every day. More than half a million every day. You can imagine those are not done by hand. A lot of them are done by automation. But that also means that you probably will receive a computer virus which no one else has received before. So you need to have automation to fight those automated attacks as well. And that was kind of one part. And the second part is, of course, not always is there malware involved. There are a lot of attacks like business email compromise where there is no malware involved, right? Those are the ones where your financial department might receive an email claiming to be the CFO saying, hey, we need to send, uh, I don't know, 10,000 euros to that account, but do it pronto. It has to be done now. No questions asked. And of course, it's just a fake email. And people still fall for that. There's billions of dollars being spent every year to the wrong accounts. And yeah, antivirus will not protect you against this, right? You need to have something else. And the other part, as you mentioned, kind of data recovery. Uh, we always talk about ransomware as it's still the biggest threat out there for, for corporations. But we also seen a few hurricanes, floods, earthquakes resulting in data loss, right? If your data center is in the cellar and there's some flooding going on, there's a chance that you have some submarines now in your data center and the data is not really going to like it. So have you ever tried to restore the data? Have you ever tried to actually restore 100 terabyte for 20 of your servers through an ADSL line? That's going to take you a week, right? And that's not really a good business continuity plan if you never tested that before. So having an idea, can you spin it up in the cloud? Can you have uh, physical data shipped? As you said, be prepared, have a plan B. Hopefully you never use it, but better be prepared than sorry. Yeah, and I think that's a, actually, I think that recovery plan is is a, is a you know, really 
good piece of advice because I think often, you know, lots of people have had business continuity plans and have talked about business continuity. And we've, we've, you know, for all the reasons you've talked about there, you know, the suddenly submarines in your data center, um, you know, a, a building's fallen over, whatever it might be. You know, I don't want to kind of make light of tragic incidents that wipe out people's data centers. But, you know, the idea that, you know, I have now lost that data. Well, that's, you know, losing that data, that's as, significance as a data breach you know i've still i've still lost that data and having a plan to recover it is important but i think from a i think often companies don't consider that idea of data breach of a ransomware attack of data being stolen they don't necessarily see that as the same kind of disaster but but ultimately it's the same result i can no longer access my data my applications your data center might as well have burned down because if we, if the data is no longer there well, then it's no longer there. It doesn't kind of matter how that's come about. Um, and I thought it was interesting kind of the way the way you're kind of describing some of those challenges and some of the complexities. Um, and I thought what might be useful, if you can, is if I'm kind of, if I'm looking at this as a, you know, as a, as a CISO or I'm somebody involved in IT architecture, or even IT management inside of, inside of my enterprise, you know, and, and I'm kind of hearing this conversation about how the threat landscape has changed. And I, I talked in the introduction about this this importance of modernizing the way that we look at our security. You know, is there, is there maybe three or four things that, that you would advise somebody who's maybe not even begun to look at this idea of cyber fit and of cyber protection? You know, is there three or four things that you would suggest to them that they start with, you know, as a good starting point to kind of reevaluate how they deal with security and some of the steps that they could be taking? I mean, there are definitely a lot of basics that have to be followed. I always say you have to have a good kind of fundament um, if, if you want to build up onto it, right? Uh, it doesn't really make sense to try and protect you against uh, APTs from North Korea if you can't even get the kids from next door out of your data center. I mean, yes, ideally you will protect against both, but maybe start with the more likely attack. So visibility will be the first part making sure that you actually know what's happening in your infrastructure. That's starting from knowing where all your devices are, knowing where your data is, where your backup is, right? Now people are working from home. Do you know if they copy the backup to a USB disk because they think it's faster? Maybe that USB disk will stay, well, with all the holiday pictures in their own private collection. And if they leave the company, it's still there. So there are some regulations that you have to follow. Or of course, yes, seeing all the lock files now that data and services are moving to the cloud, which is good, gives you flexibility and everything. But if you're not ingesting those lock files, you don't really know who's accessing your data. You don't even know if someone's encrypting your data, right? So visibility, I think, will be one of the key steps to actually know what you want to protect. And then of course, yeah, the second one is making sure that you have a disaster recovery plan, as you said, protecting your data. So that starts with backup, but also making sure that no one else can actually delete those backups. So locally, you should make sure that your security solutions can protect the local backups. Because otherwise, the attackers, one of the first things they do, at least on ransomware attacks, they try to delete all your backups, right? Because that's the advantage of them having access to your systems. And the same goes for cloud consoles or any of those uh, backup providers. Make sure that you secure those Best, of course, with multi-factor authentication. 
and not just using uh, summer 21 as a password, because we all know that's not a good advice. And the attackers, we've seen them having access to an admin email account, then resetting the password through a password reset function. No two-factor was used, so they had access, and the first thing they do, delete all the backups. So make sure that those things are not as easy for the attackers to conclude, right? And then, yeah, I'd say last one, which again is one of the basics, have a proper patch management. And again, starts with the visibility of knowing all your systems, all the software that you are using or that all of your customers and clients have actually installed, right? Probably not all of them are sanctioned by IT, but you need to update them. Uh, it's not just about the Microsoft Patch Tuesday. It's also about all the others, browser. I mean, there's so many softwares that we are using and we probably forget about it till it's too late. So those will be the three points, visibility, data protection, and patch management. If you have all of those covered, and I mean really covered, then we can talk about uh, the next steps. Yeah, and I think, I, mean, I think that's great advice, actually. I think that idea of get the basics right, you know, have a good you know, security baseline, as, as, as uh, I like to talk about with people, you know, understand that I am doing the basics. You know, and I think those things like visibility, you, you talked earlier on, actually, didn't you, about the idea of, well, how can you protect something if you don't know you've got it? You know, and I think that's, I think that's hugely important. And, and maybe just to add to that as well, so, something you talked about actually right at the beginning when we talked about cyber fit, um, and, and you talked in there about the idea of education, you know, making sure that people are aware of the risk. You know, how, how important do you, because I think it's very easy to, you know, I, I can talk to a company and one of the things that they might look at is, that their employees are the, the weakest part of their cybersecurity chain. You know, and I often think that if we were to educate our employees better and educate our users better, that we can take them from being a potential security risk to being, um, you know, almost our best line of defense when it comes mm -hmm. to, to some of these things. Now, is, is that something you're seeing? Is that something you see is important? Uh, am, am I just talking nonsense? I absolutely agree. Don't uh, kind of overlook the aspect of a human firewall, having your end customers actually work for you and helping you. So user awareness training is important. It will never protect you 100%. Uh, we all know there are some inquisitive users out there who will click on every email from the Spanish lottery, from Nigerian prints, because, I mean, there's money at stake, so why wouldn't you open it, right? And you can't really blame them uh, because some of the attacks are well-made. I mean... I received some parcel delivery where even I have to double check if that is a parcel or just a phishing scam. Well, as we, as we said earlier on, Candid, that um, unless it's you and it's your job, nobody should be clicking those links. <laughs> exactly. Don't don't click on it. I'll click for you so that you don't have to click on them. Um, I know some people are curious. There's enough videos on YouTube, so please don't do it. And I mean, funny that you mention it. We had a few people where the customers or the end uh, user actually forwarded private emails into their corporate account and then double-clicked it there because they thought, it looks a bit fishy, but at least at work, I know if something goes wrong, I have an IT department who can help me restore the data. That's that's twisted and brilliant all at the same time. <laughs> it, it kind of even kind of increases your uh, attack surface, right? Because now you have all the private emails coming in as well. But joke aside, I mean, you need to, turn that upside down and actually have the users report important information. Like if they see something that they're not really sure, have an easy and simple way for them to report it 
and then educate them and say, oh, yes, thank you very much. This was indeed a phishing email or no, that is actually a marketing email. Not really nice made, but it is legitimate. So don't blame them and don't kind of punish them for forwarding something because otherwise they're not going to do it again. They're just going to laugh off their colleague next door who actually clicked on it because they were not warned, right? So use them as a kind of first line of defense, as you said, or last line, depending on how you look at it, because they, yeah, they are interacting with it, right? So why not use it to your advantage? Yeah, and I think actually that's a, that's a great point about, you know, the the coming to the office, because of course, one of the things that we've seen over the last 18, 19 months is fewer people coming to the office, you know, our, our work being much more distributed. Um, you know, and I think that in itself has increased some of those things you talked about before, those kind of more creative attempts to steal an identity you know it's it's often the security threat is not about we, we talk about ransomware all the time you know and, and ransomware is not going away and ransomware continues to and and is getting continues to be a big issue and is getting a bigger issue as people get more smart about it but it's not just that you know say people wanting to get hold of identities to access i i, I mean i i often find i think that as more and more people migrate to things like microsoft 365 actually stealing an identity you you know straight away there's at least one place you can go to and see whether that identity gets you in somewhere you know the idea that that identity would only get you to the local active directory is is much more difficult because i could steal the identity but i still got to get to some kind of logon service but actually if you've got a 365 account i already know where that logon service is so if i've managed to steal your identity and it's for 365 and you've got some elevated access you know, I could do an awful lot of damage really quickly there. So, um, you know, making sure, as you said, making sure that your users are aware of, of you know, the importance of cybersecurity, the risk that comes with it, the potential problems. And, and you kind of touched on that idea of making sure there's a culture inside of an organization that they feel safe to come and talk to somebody and say, I think I might have done something or is this something I should be worried about? rather than something where somebody will point a finger at them and say, how could you be so stupid? So, well, look, Kanda, I, I, I wish we had much longer to talk about this, um, but, I, but I know listeners of this show have only got so much tolerance for my voice. Um, so I, I, I kind of wanted to, to wrap up a little bit, you know, and, and we've talked very broadly, you know, obviously people will realise from the show you, you work for Cronus and, and your role, role there, but we've talked very generically about this idea of cyber fit and, and cyber protection. Um, you know, and, and we talked about the kind of complexity and breadth that, that they cover. Um, so from a, an Acronis point of view, what is it that you guys are doing for your customers to make their lives a little bit easier in adopting some of these kind of approaches, strategies and, and technologies? So from Acronis side, we released the Acronis Cyber Protect. There's a cloud version, there's on-prem version, there's consumer version now as well. And it does exactly what we just discussed. So it has the Cyber Protect approach combining data protection, next-gen, anti-malware, combined with patch management and manageability, all from one console. And we strongly believe that this will help reduce cost, reduce uh, efforts and time, while increasing, through all those synergies that you have, the overall protection level. So this is kind of what we offer. Of course, we work together with many partners and service providers because they they have to exactly the same. They want to automate as much as possible to make the service as affordable as possible for their end customers. So if you want to find out more about it, I strongly recommend going to acronis.com uh, or talk to any of our partners. And we're happy to schedule, of course, a demo, give you a free trial to experience for yourself how easy it is and how much you can profit. 
I used a consummate professional there, Candid, in that uh, not only did you tell us what Cronus did, you told us how we could go and find it and download it, you know, get get access to a trial version. So, you know, the, the, the consummate professional. Um, and, you know, I mean, if people want to find out a little bit more in general, maybe about some of these topics, is, I mean, is there anything that you, you produce, any blog posts or things that maybe people could come and and find out some of your thoughts on this space or some of your colleagues because um obviously i know we presented together and you know you shared some fantastic information there but yeah but is there ways people could maybe educate themselves with with other things that you've done or is it is the things you could point them at yeah whenever i have the time i'll, I'll try to write some blog posts on acronis blog site or most often tweet something about it so follow us on acronis on twitter and we do kind of weekly newscasts so just two minutes because i know People don't even bother to uh, yeah, cope with my accent for longer than two minutes. But just having some small bits of what's happening, the newest ransomware attack or the newest patch that you need to uh, deploy. So if you want to learn about those, feel free to follow us on Twitter. And of course, if you're more now for the physical events as it starts to get a ba uh, back again, we also will start with our Acronis CyberFit Summit World Tour starting in Miami at the end of October then coming to Switzerland, Dubai, Singapore. So it's going to be a hybrid event. So don't worry, you don't have to get there, but you can if you want. And yeah, I will have a few talks there as well. Yeah, and I, th I think actually, you know, to, to um, I'll help you with plugging that event. So obviously I've, I've kind of been involved in, in one of those um, those events previously, you know, and, and, and there's lots of, of good information to be had there. And the fact that they're still hybrid events, you know, so people don't have to go to Miami. I'm sure people would love to go to Miami or, or Switzerland, but they don't have to, um, that they, they can kind of track these events. And, you know, and I think actually j just as a kind of an additional point to that, you know, I think for people who are working in this space, you know, whether it's your full-time role, you're the cybersecurity architect for, for your business, or whether it's just something that's in with your other list of jobs, which is a, you know, which is a challenge in itself, of course. I do think there's a lot of value to be had with attending events from you know, not and obviously, you know, not uh, you work for Cronus, so we talked about that, but not just a Cronus. You know, if, if you're if you work with other vendors or you're interested in what other vendors have got to say, you know, I always think attending those events have lots and lots of value because you know, if, if we look at um, the event that you guys are, are running, of course, you know, that's that's not just an opportunity for people to have a Cronus sold at them. You'll have industry experts talking, people giving experience. I always find it's a great way to learn some of this stuff. You know, follow the Twitter account because Acronis will be publishing stuff that might be of interest to you, as will other vendors. So, so I think there's a lot to be said for for kind of doing that kind of thing. So, um, but anyway, plug in plug in Acronis and and generally following vendors who are in the security space is a good idea. Aside, um, candid. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you're, you're real busy and you've got these events coming up that you're preparing for as well. So I appreciate your time and sharing some insight into kind of um, you know, what a Cronus are thinking in terms of this idea of cyber fit and cyber protection. So uh, thanks for being on Tech Interviews and uh, look forward to ch catching up with you. I'll try that again, shall I? Catching up again with you at some point in the uh, in the near future. But candid for now, uh, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you as well, Paul. Have a great one. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. To catch the next episode, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts and, of course, the video version of the show over on YouTube. So until next time, thanks for listening.